it's raining outside the Honda Fit studio, so that that might make some noise in the background. I was listening to Sean Carroll's Mindscape podcast. I'm a big fan of his. I love his teaching company courses. He had a guest on, I want to say Amy. No, no, no. Ray Wingrant. Ray Wingrant. And she's some sort of ecologist or something. She studies bears. She puts, you know, they they sedate them, put them in a cage and wrap a collar around them and, you know, then follow them on their their day-to-day routines or something. It was interesting. But something Sean Carroll said just bugged me. He pointed out to her, I guess this was by way of making her feel better that she comes from a city or something. He said, all the great conservationists have have been from urban settings. How about that, huh? And that, that's a stupid thing to say. I'll tell you what wouldn't be a stupid thing to say would be something along the lines of vegetarianism seems to be an urban phenomenon. That's an interesting point. I, I don't know for a fact that it's true, but it seems to be true, and it, it would be interesting to see that investigated. I don't think we have to dig real deep on Sean Carroll's claim. Here's what that claim really boils down to. All of the conservationists that I've ever heard of come from my society. You know, I've never read a book by an illiterate indigenous person about conservation. Does that pose any puzzles? Yeah, of course you haven't. Listen, I guarantee (laughs) that if we were to go ask some folks living closer to nature what they think about our relationship to nature, me and you as opposed to them, they would have plenty of nasty things to say. I'm confident that they would think that we suck when it comes to our relationship to nature as opposed to theirs, which is basically how we feel about it, right? And most of us are sort of sort of acknowledge that and go about our day. Every once in a while, one of us who grew up in a city, who grew up in a literate culture, who went to college, who gained the skills requisite to be an articulate talking head on television or to write a book or a really hard-hitting article in National Geographic or something. Every once in a while, someone from our society who fits that description uh, articulates how we feel about it. We say, wow, look at that conservationist. He's, He's really a moral guy. Yeah, he's just saying what everybody thinks. And there's nothing really that special about, I don't know, who, who are we thinking of? E.O. Wilson? Jane Goodall? I, I love these people. But you know what? People outside of our culture, I don't even, I don't even mean American society. I'm really talking about people from advanced societies, technologically advanced, demographically dense People from these cultures, we're not the only ones that have had the revelation that maybe we shouldn't wipe out all the animals on the planet. Maybe we shouldn't chop down every fucking tree we can find. Everybody feels that way. And the fact that you've only ever encountered conservationists who look like you and sound like you 
that just reflects the fact that all of us, I'm not even critiquing this, I'm just observing it, all of us prefer to listen to and watch people who look and sound like us. The mere fact that we only encounter people who look and sound like us making a certain set of points, that is not evidence of the absence of such people in cultures outside of our own. There's this concept of retrodiction. It strikes one as useful, maybe clever, insightful at first. I'm not a fan of it. I, th- I, think, it's, I think it's wrong. I think it's mistaken. There are predictions. We make a prediction about something in the future. We're making a claim about what will be found, what will happen in the future. Well, what if you're a historian? What if you practice one of the, do they call them the historical sciences or something? I think sometimes the the term like that does get used. This is uh, like paleontology or uh, scientists who look at the history of the earth. Again, at first, this concept seems insightful because you're thinking, oh, yeah, those people are making predictions about what happened in the past. No, I don't think that's right. Here's why. I have to stipulate something here. And if you don't agree with it, then my argument falls apart. I'll concede that. I'll grant that. For retrodiction to be different than prediction in a meaningful way, the evidence by which you would test your claim would have to come from the past. But not in the sense that it existed in prior moments. You would actually have to peer into the past. You would have to exist right now in the year 2020. And (laughs) I think this is impossible, so I don't even know how to describe it. I I don't know how else to think of it than, you know, like an old-fashioned cartoon. You know, they have a kind of cauldron and they're looking into a pool and it's showing images from the past something like that for prediction and retrodiction to be meaningfully different from each other i think you'd have to be able to do something like that and here's why let's make the retrodiction that dinosaurs once existed that's my retrodiction i'm making a prediction about the past Now, I realize if you like the term retrodiction, prediction about the past is sort of an oxymoron or something, but work with me. What would be the evidence that you'd use to support your retrodiction? It would be that if we go out and we dig a hole in the right place and we get lucky, we're going to find giant bones that can only be explained by positing the existence of giant reptilian creatures so that's how we would prove our retrodiction but that's a prediction about what we will find in the future you see what i'm saying you're never making a claim about what we will find in the past we can't look into the past we only can do things in the future i think this works for everything, I would subsume every everything that's a prediction, even if you feel like the prediction is about the past. I would put all of this under the 
the category of prediction and prediction in the sense of making a claim about what we will hypothesizing maybe it's better to say than making a claim because you're, you're going to test it right hypothesizing about what we will find in the future one problem that pops into my head is well what if we already found the bones <laughs> well I don't have to go out and dig a hole and find the bones because someone already did that and they did that in the past. So how does that square with my claim that we can only make predictions, not retrodictions? Well, that's easy. My claim that dinosaurs once existed, my prediction, my hypothesis about, about dinosaurs, how is that a claim about the future? Well, it's a claim about what you will find if you go to a museum. It's a claim about what you will find if you crack open a book and read about dinosaurs. Here's another thing that bugs me. This is a classic one. I've, I've had multiple friends say this to me. The C word. It's maybe the worst swear you could say. It's right up there. I'm not even going to say it. The C word actually means, and then they say like some, it's like what you used to put your sword in or something. It doesn't even matter. Because what a word means is what it means to the society you're actually a part of. It's one of those things where somebody feels like they have a clever point, And I sympathize with that. I like feeling like I have a clever point. Maybe this entire recording is uh, symptomatic of that. But what that claim boils down to so have i fleshed it out enough do you get what i'm saying there's this swear word in modern english that starts with a c it's four letters it ends with a t you figured it out <laughs> this word its etymology traces back to like medieval england again it doesn't really matter to me so i've never really paid attention to you know the dot 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 here <laughs> i swear i think someone told me a hole in the ground that you put your sword in when you're not using it or something the claim that well it it really means the following and so you're kind of silly for being offended by this term what that claim reduces to essentially is this you shouldn't be offended by that word because it used to mean something else a long time ago to people in a different society. Huh? What does that have to do with here and now? <laughs> do we do that with any other word? You're just suddenly right here, we're going to pluck this word out and say, well, I'm going to say it as a swear word. And then when you get offended, I'm going to pretend that what I meant by it, I'm not even really pretending that, am I? I'm then going to say that even though you're offended by it, and I am genuinely using it as a swear to offend you, you're only allowed to respond as if you're hearing <laughs> a medieval noun that apparently packed no punch. <laughs> That's a reasonable position to take. People conflate etymologies with real definitions. You know, I've heard it said that we are natural essentialists or something like 
we believe things have an essence, you know what? I think it's probably useful to think of it this way. We are reflexive essentialists, but we have the ability to escape our our reflex. In other words, we think that a word like the C word has some real definition and everyone is everyone is kind of using it wrong or the other definitions are just sort of extra but it always retains this essential definition that isn't how it works it doesn't make sense words are defined by social convention they mean whatever a community of people say they mean and if you're in community a the fact that some historical community B once used it differently, that doesn't tell you anything about what it means now. Anarchy. I just learned this. Anarchy means... <laughs> I'm speaking incorrectly about it already. Anarchy traces back to a Greek term that meant, like, there was no archon. <laughs> Like, there was no powerful ruler that we'd elected to deal with a crisis. I think that might be what... Maybe an archon was a more generalized, you know, executive in the government. I don't know off the top of my head. The point is, that's really kind of close to what we mean, but it isn't literally what we mean by anarchy. That isn't what anarchists mean when they call themselves anarchists. They're not saying, I don't want to have an archon. It doesn't really do anything for the current definition to know that Greeks used to use it to refer to a lack of an archon. <laughs> the meaning is very similar, but if it was really different, that wouldn't help us. The word silly. I guess the word silly used to mean innocent. <laughs> Your Honor, my client is silly. <laughs> Has that scenario that I just recited there, has that been rendered plausible or appropriate by you now knowing that the word used to mean to some group of people who are now dead, the, the word used to mean innocent? No. The word means what it means to us. The fact that it used to mean something else to other people doesn't touch upon our meaning in any in any way. The historical meaning of a word has no implications for the current meaning of a word. This is not an unusual thing to encounter, what I'm about to say. <laughs> I have one data point, I think, to support this claim. Maybe two. You want to learn about dinosaurs. You, you put on some, some lectures from someone who knows about dinosaurs. Talk about dinosaurs and then they talk about birds and then they do this little trick and it's supposed to blow your mind actually birds didn't simply evolve from dinosaurs they are dinosaurs dinosaurs still exist oh my god that is so embarrassing when people think of dinosaurs they're thinking of the big green monsters to then say that well biologists have discovered that dinosaurs still exist simply by stipulating that the definition of dinosaur now includes things with which we are already very familiar. I threw some bread on the ground, a duck came and ate it, I had an interaction with a dinosaur. You want me to feel a sense of wonder now at that experience? 
that is a sort of paradigmatic example of simply playing a sort of semantic game with your audience. The other example that comes to mind of this type of semantic trick that sometimes people play on you, the day is longer than the year on Mercury. (laughs) I remember thinking that was so cool that blew my mind. But really, the reason it blows your mind is because the scientist is using the term differently than you are. Once you're clear about the definitions, a day is how long it takes a planet to rotate on its axis. A year is how long it takes a planet to revolve around the sun. Once you're clear about that, the magic kind of just evaporates. You know, I can understand the idea of wanting to preserve retrodiction in some sense. So here's what you might fall back on, and I don't think this holds up either. You might say, well, retrodiction, yes, it's a prediction about something you will find in the future, but that thing that you find, retrodiction is when you're saying that that thing you will find has something to say about the past. All right, so when you find the dinosaur bones, it's a retrodiction that you would find the dinosaur bones because it's making a statement about what happened in the past. Or you could say that the retrodiction part is the inference you're making about the past. Here's Listen, we could kind of iron that out. I know I'm wording it in a clumsy way. Let's say we ironed it out. There's a problem inherent in it, which is that all predictions are about what you will find in the future that will have something to say about the past even if it's the immediate past. So if you're making a prediction about what will happen in an experiment, let's say you make a prediction, you run the experiment. Let's say the experiment took 10 minutes, and at the the end of the 10th minute, you have your results, and they're exactly what you predicted. Well, that result is what you are using to draw inferences about what transpired over the prior nine minutes and 59 seconds or whatever it is you see the problem now most people don't call that the past but it's the past maybe retrodiction can be consigned (laughs) it's a negative way to put it but consigned to predictions about what you will find in the future that can be used to make inferences about the distant past yeah okay